CSG has simplified the complexity of business by delivering innovative customer engagement solutions that help companies acquire, monetize, engage, and retain customers. CSG manages billions of critical customer interactions every year, and you can find out more by visiting csgi.com. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, joined as ever by my colleague and fellow editor, Kelsey Zeiser. Hey, Kelsey. What's up, Phil? <laughs> oh, a lot. And uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're back into this whole thing of holistic security services, which sounds very spiritual. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds organic, too. <laughs> yeah, it is. Organic, gluten-free it's, security. <laughs> Non-GMO. Oh, don't. Don't give them any more acronym ideas. Um, we are we are so uh, we're all set with SASE, the Secure Access Service Edge. That's the that's the 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 best one that's come along in a while, but it's also one of the hardest to explain, which is why um, we're having a guest from uh, Orange Business Services. Um, our guest today is Rob Mello. He's the uh, head of strategy and transformation in the Americas region for Orange Business Services, and. He does do a pretty thorough job of defining what SASE is in the context of a network operator, mm-hmm. how they how they view it, how they approach it, and then how they roll it out to their customers and get them on board. So um, it's a pretty, uh, if you need the, the network operator point of view, uh, there's uh, definitely listen to uh, Rob's explanation of this in this podcast, but there's 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 other places where you can find out good information about SASE. Oh, really? And what would that be, <laughs> Phil? <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> well, geez, if, if if what a leading question, I guess I will. Um, so there's the uh, the symposium that's coming up on uh, December fifteenth, Tuesday, which is a Tuesday, right? Yeah. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday, December 15th. Um, it starts at 11 Eastern and 11 a.m. Eastern. We're not crazy. Um, <laughs> you never know. The, the symposium what, what is called, time anymore? <laughs> that's right. Okay. Pandemic version. You just, you have to actually say 11 a.m. or p.m. because people just do anything anytime now. No, the the, the uh, <laughs> symposium is called the Security uh, Service Providers Security Strategies for the Enterprise. So, I mean, this topic hits right at the heart of this because Mm -hmm. this is what network operators are trying to uh, uh, adapt themselves and then sell to enterprises. And then also, you know, especially in the pandemic, help them, um, you know, continue to connect, you know, disparate locations with disparate devices all over the world and apply the same um, security as thoroughly and effortlessly as possible, <laughs> yeah. uh, which sounds contradictory, um, but, uh, but that's what that whole symposium is going to be about. So Orange is going to be speaking um, mm-hmm. on the afternoon panel for, uh, for, for that symposium. Um, it won't be Rob, but it'll be one of his colleagues. Um, I don't recall who it was. It'll actually. be um, Alan Simpkins and he'll be Simpkins, um, okay. doing the security get sassy. Okay. <laughs> Session, Very which I think clever. starts at 12.45, so you can have lunch and Excellent. bring your lunch. That's right. Yeah. 
brown bag it and then go listen to orange business services um and yeah bring your own uh, sassy snacks <laughs> that's right <laughs> the uh it's it's hosted by uh our, our uh, uh cloud and security analyst over at heavy reading uh jim hodges um so it 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 should be a good uh again a good comprehensive um uh, and an informative view on service provider security and mm-hmm. how enterprises are you know, taking advantage of it, but also like how the needs of the enterprise are driving um, more software-defined platforms, more use of cloud-native technologies, and um, and and a real like serious industry push toward fully distributed security, as opposed to you know kind of box-based, mm-hmm. uh, b- branch-based, uh, the, the you know that approach of a few years ago, right. Yeah, it should be a really good event and um, can also listen to the recording after if you want to study up. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So uh, to, to get you, knowledge. To get you uh, uh, sort of prepped for that event and, and to maybe uh, answer a bunch of questions and maybe even raise other ones, um, uh, please do listen to our interview right now with Rob Mello, Head of uh, Strategy and Transformation Americas for Orange Business Services. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. Rob Mello, the uh, Head of Strategy and Transformation for the Americas for Orange Business Services. Hi, Rob. Hello. Pleasure to be with you today, Phil. Thanks for being on. And uh, uh, Kelsey and I have been uh, talking a lot about uh, SD-WAN, SASE, and, um, and, and enterprise security and how that's changing. And uh, uh, I think Kelsey just likes to say the word SASE a lot is really what I, <laughs> it's what I suspect anyway. It is um, a lot of fun. Yeah, but uh, but we're we're you know kind of learning this at the same time our audience is sort of experiencing it, and it's it's interesting that there's so many definitions around um, what SASE is or you know how it applies to you know service providers. So l- let's start there. Is is it a um, a product, a service, a concept, or is it just sort of a way of doing things? Great question to start. Uh, I think first, let's start by spelling out what SASE stands for. So secure access service edge is what it means. It's definitely not just a product. It's a model and it's a mindset. Uh, We were lucky enough for Gartner to kind of introduce and coin the term last year. And now we have a pretty explosive marketplace to kind of really chase after what that means and enable it. So from our perspective, ultimately SASE is a cloud native approach to security, really combining network and network security services, and then pushing all this into more of a cloud-based security architecture. So what that means for us, and I think what it means for the market is, it's typically in location independent. It's -hmm. about securing assets wherever they are, even if it's outside the office. Now with the pandemic and we have the the huge increase of work from home, that becomes more and more important of figuring out what assets you have, how you manage and how you secure them. The model itself is also, I'd say, device independent. So before where it was a lot of devices, typically traffic going back into the data center or data closet. Now the challenge is how do you manage secure and control access for mobile devices, for IoT sensors, obviously with the surge of IoT and OT and edge computing systems, right? So this model and framework helps to deliver towards that. The other thing I'd say is 
like I said earlier, it, it's really about uniting the networking and network security and offering secure access to all users from anywhere and everywhere. And what this means is it's an empowering statement, so it helps to empower administrators and help them handle both those types of devices and people and entities um, as a single control point in the cloud. I, I also say underpinning this is um, part of the key tenets of the SASE proposition is it's further enabling that software-defined discussion. So you talked about SD-WAN, a key tenet there of that is right, enabling and leveraging what we've been doing over the past three, four, five years with SD-WAN and evolving that. Um, where we see the, the value and the benefit is, I think creating that converged platform, uh, management, administration, and technology platform to drive towards more of a unified policy, policy enforcement, and global control point for organizations, again, as the users and as the devices explode into their environment. Um, with that, I think also, lastly, I'd say is just as like we had before with software developers enjoying DevOps, we really see convergence of the different teams within an organization kind of coming together, right? So administrators taking advantage of that end-to-end -end kind of operational model. Okay. Um, thanks for the the, the explanation. It's um, uh, it definitely sounds like a, a way of doing things that favors network operators because it's it's device and location independent, and that of course means more heavily reliant on the network. Yes, so that's, absolutely. Uh, yes, that's 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 where it kind of ties in, and 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 why I guess the heightened service provider interest uh, interest in in um, all of this. Um, let's see. So what? Uh, uh, you know, one one of the discussion points, a, a lot of what you were saying sounds a, a little bit like zero trust uh, access or zero trust security. Um, is it is is SASE a type of zero trust, or is is that the same thing, or is that different? How does that work? Yeah, uh, good question, Phil. So zero trust, I think it's been around for a little while. It's one of the elements of a broader SASE operating model. So with zero trust, typically it's identity and access driven. And that's really the architecture that you enable. With SASE, there's really more to that. There's other principles. So I think we're taking the principles of zero trust and ex, you know, and extending it further. So within SASE, in the combination of those network and network security services, there are other things like cloud access security brokers, right? It's it's firewalls as a service, it's uh, data loss prevention, DLP, and much, much more, right? And so although identity still continues to underpin the SASE environment there's a lot more behind it. So how do you drive better enforcement and control? And then within SASE, uh, what we're seeing is more context-based decisions in policy enforcement and governing security against that access. Um, yeah, and then because these parameters keep changing and evolving, and again, like I said, with the different types of elements and devices you need to control, then there's more analysis and intelligence needed on how do you control things like sessions? How do you control things right. like access? When certain things should be accessing? What kind of data is requested? Um, and, and you know, driving that further. And I've, I've also heard with um, Zero Trust Access that it can be um, difficult to deploy and then you know you you really need to make sure that you're doing it correctly before providing that for your customers um can you talk at all about some of the steps that orange has taken to um, build out its zero trust access um, offerings 
Yeah, so with the zero trust access, I think there's a couple of things to look at. Right? One is specific to zero trust is there's access of a user, right? So you need to ensure that the user itself has the appropriate access. Then there's access of devices and then access of applications. And so you really need to have a combined strategy around enabling access for all three of those steps, right? It's not just the person, but it's also how that person connects into and drives utilization of an application and then where those applications reside. So we really see a, a three pronged or a three tiered approach of being able to deliver and enable that access and trust against those three parameters, right? So as we look at an application flow or a business process flow, yep, you got to connect again, the user connecting to the device, to the application so they can transact, perform their work and do that regardless of where they are. Again, whether it's in a branch mm -hmm. office, whether it's at a, uh, IT site, whether it's working from home, whether it's at a partner site, et cetera. Okay. And then uh, circling back to SASE, and you touched on this a bit um, when you were providing the definition, but can you talk a little bit more about why SASE is a priority right now for Orange um, and also for your enterprise customers? Absolutely. So great question. Um, first, I'd say there's definitely critical use cases where that convergence of network and security services come together. So one is around supporting of digital business transformation. One again is the move and acceleration towards edge, right? And pushing things out to the edge and then workforce mobility, right? So those are all common and consistent challenges for every one of our customers, regardless of the vertical they're in uh, and how they're operating today. So that's kind of the first point I'd make. Uh, fundamentally, right, it's then looking at how do we help realize and address substantial benefits for our clients in those priorities. So one example is with SASE, it allows organizations to more effectively and efficiently direct traffic to the cloud from anywhere they are rather than having to route it back to the data center. Um, what this does, this eliminates a key data bottleneck and it delivers a bit more flexibility and performance, right? Um, also putting network security in the cloud Right, so actually shifting a lot of those security controls instead of it being on multiple disparate devices, help moving it towards a cloud, you help consolidate the number of devices you need to manage. Um, and then also it becomes a CapEx, you know, expenditure reduction for those on-premise devices. Uh, the other thing too with the SASE model is as you start to push more and more services into the cloud for clients, it becomes more of an OPEX-based, predictable, services-based security model. So that should also help yield some additional cost savings. The other thing too, and I'll, I'll spin this from more of a security angle, is it's about organizations being able to actually support and control this. As we've seen for the past you know, dozen years, most organizations are tremendously understaffed for security resources. So they need to basically mm -hmm. shift and, and reallocate the resources more effectively. And oftentimes they're undermanned and those people are overutilized. So being able to actually take all those disparate on-prem devices and app in applications and be able to deliver them again in the cloud in a more policy driven kind of approach with a single point of control to enable things like configuration of end-to-end -end network and network security you're reducing quite a bit of complexity for your clients and that's another key area for us then for us i'd yeah. say why it's also a priority is part of what we can do to connect the dots better within and across our entire portfolio right so we have a, a legacy around delivering SD-WAN and delivering global SD-WAN projects for clients throughout the world. Uh, 
Um, so we're able to basically tap into and leverage that flexibility to adapt traffic routes and network services, uh, introduce again this software defined kind of uh, paradigm for companies, right? And giving them that SD-WAN so it's one element of a software defined platform to better support, you know, an approach there and enable that for them. Um, so that's kind of point one is, you know, utilizing and leveraging and helping to evolve and better securing our, our SD-WAN capabilities is, is one point. Next, we've for a while now, or a few years, have actually been also building out our uh, network pops in next generation hubs, right? So basically building these next gen hubs, which have a lot of these virtualized um, software, you know, services and network security services. So it's closer to our clients, right? And closer mm -hmm. to their, where they're working, performing to drive performance of enablement of. Um, also, this helps become a bridge for our clients. So as you know, they may have a lot of legacy applications that are sitting within the data centers. They can tap into leverage our next gen hubs and our pops to go to the cloud, um, which becomes another key point for them. So to help reduce cost, how do we help them move their applications to the cloud to be more cost effective and, and you know, leverage the, the great scale and capabilities of the AWS, the Googles, uh, Azure, et cetera. So that helps again, build out and then complement our next gen hub capabilities. And then the other thing too is what we don't, I don't think Orange talks about a lot is we have a very strong and robust capability with our Orange Cyber Defense Organization. So we have an entire security entity, about 2,500 people with 17 uh, security operation centers around the world. And we bring forth threat research and intelligence and all the various different MDR and you know support services that you would expect. So we're able to actually take that element of our portfolio and further embed that into the proposition of enabling those transformations like I talked about earlier. Mm. Then as we look on the horizon, I'd say other things that's exciting for us is the focus on, again, as we move more and more things to the cloud and as everything becomes more and more software defined, organizations don't have the you know the software development skills or the api integration skills so right. as you start to move your applications to uh in amazon or google you're going to need to figure out how to integrate those things and integrate tooling and your management systems and platforms together so you know by moving to that more hybrid cloud world we can further help them with you know that api skill enablement and development yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking is like, how do, how are your customers getting from here to there? You know, how, how are they, because, you know, you're, you're proposing a, um, a way of working and a, a, an operating model that, that is very heavily cloud reliant and network reliant and not so much about the hardware that they're probably used to controlling. Um, so how, how um, do you have any difficulty convincing businesses to go in that direction and what what kinds of things are they you know running into on the way to um, becoming more cloud enabled and therefore being able to uh, more readily embrace embrace things like uh, sassy yeah there's a lot because there's a lot to unpack so the first kind of guiding principle is just to see where they are and how far they are going down their software you know defined journey, right? So helping mm -hmm. them understand that is one. Um, then there are other tends too of, you know, what is their appetite or their, you know, application portfolio and, you know, how are they starting to migrate their legacy data center services up into the cloud, right? So we need to figure out where they are in that journey and help guide them there. Again, with our experience and expertise, we have that foundation of helping clients with that software defined kind of journey. That would be step one. 
Um, also architecturally and organizationally, right? Helping them understand what this means to be able to embrace SASE. So it's not just a technical initiative, it really is a cultural initiative. And so with this, underpinning this, is really the network teams of a company and the security teams need to come together, right? Instead of working in silos, they need to really rethink how those organizations function to be able to really build these integrated capabilities, right? At the convergence of network and security. Um, Culturally, that it's it's it, I'll go back to SD WAN. So it's interesting. So we have been deploying global SD WAN um, projects for companies around the world. Oftentimes, we typically see the entry point is first. Well, we want to save costs, right? We want to reduce our costs, move things to the cloud. But one right. of the most critical and deciding factors for their decision of SD WAN and the underlying technology behind it is security, right? And what that means. And so we get the opportunity to help them reevaluate their security posture, right? And, mm -hmm. and start to go down that path to embrace not just that software defined journey, but back to your point around zero trust, right? So you need You're to really right. start to embed and enable that. Um, then there are other things too, like, so again, with like the software defined paradigm, it's also around automation. So what kind of maturity does that organization have to deliver automation, right? Do they even inherently enable that today? Because yes, if you're embracing software defined, and you don't have, you know, basic tenants around operationalizing that, then yeah. it's it's going to fall short. And then, you know, again, from a leadership perspective, the other big challenge is is, is this has to be a, a top down. So I said, you know, the, the teams need to work together, but you truly need to have executive support and senior buy-in from this because it will drive that organizational change and there will be political resistance at a team level because yes, it, rightly so, network teams have made significant important investments in tools and how they provide services, the same with security, um, and you need to kind of break down those walls of resistance. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a pretty thorough uh, c coverage of of, of the, yeah. the the steps they have to take to get there, but yeah, the, 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 the cultural one is definitely something you can't ignore. And Rob, do you have any um, customer use cases um, or examples of a customer that you're guiding through these steps and and how that's going yeah i mean globally you know we're doing a lot of like i said earlier like a lot of sd win transformations for clients so like siemens um, mm -hmm. we're globally enabling them for 1500 locations around the world uh, mars is another one where they're on that sd win journey with us and so we're helping transform the way over a hundred thousand of their employees are working today um, but then there are other pockets, right? So when we, again, we look at this as a framework and as a model, right? There are those remote access use cases that are out there. So how do we help our clients better figure out and potentially migrate away from the, the old way of connecting via VPN? So providing more of a flexible application access control capability for our clients. Um, so that's one use case. Then again, as they're moving more and more towards the cloud, right? There's the, the convergence of hardware, the consolidation of hardware at the different branch office locations. So there's quite a bit of work we're doing to help consolidate what is at each one of these branch offices to drive efficiencies, right? So, you know, we I think we've heard for a while now the nirvana around universal CPEs and being able to put as much virtual functions into those boxes at, you know, branch locations and building profiles for each of those UCPEs to be tailored towards the needs and the requirements of the applications at that site. Um, that will continue to, you know, to um, 
evolve. Um, I think that'll continue to mature. Um, but it's really connecting all these dots together of, you know, leveraging what we're doing with the secure SD-WAN, continuing to work with our clients to better prove out these more future-proof remote access use cases, because I think as we saw with the pandemic, a lot of companies hastily put in these new ways to, you know, allow their people to work from home. And now we have a little bit of a pause, so we get to rethink what truly is a proper access framework for uh, companies and, and people to work at home. And what we've seen too, which is interesting on, on that perspective, is a lot of multinationals are actually rethinking what a branch office is. And we had one, ex mm -hmm. one executive said, I used to have 300 branch office locations. Now I have uh, over 100,000 branch <laughs> office locations. <laughs> right. Wow, that's it, a, quite the it's a lot of Christmas parties. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and again, there's yeah. the journey to the cloud. There's the other thing again is like acceleration for internet-based services becomes another key area. So how do we help our clients migrate securely and safely towards internet-based services? Because you know there's they're trying to right-size their consumption bandwidth and performance and do it at a you know, cost-effective manner. So there's a lot of these different cases that pop up, and I think what we have the benefit of doing is helping them connect together and where. Mm -hmm. I like Sassy and where it's going is around, you know, the journey started, right? We, you know, Gartner announced it in 2019, which has been excellent. Um, the MEF forum has started to drive standardization for that, which is great. Mm -hmm. We're on that, you know, we, we need that desperately because as we have all these different vendors popping up, you know, network vendors trying to enable some security services or security cloud, uh, vendors trying to enable more network capabilities. We need a level of standardization, right? And I think that will help us consistently execute and build and enable and you know and drive consolidation of these kind of capabilities together for for our customers. So I think that's one thing I'd say is you know just continuing to drive forward for that standardization. Um, mm -hmm. It's still it's still early stages as well in the whole SASE evolution, mm -hmm. very much like SD WAN was in 2017 would be kind of my my comparable comparison. Uh, within SASE, right, we're still emerging, right? There's a lot of ecosystems popping up. And so um, this is a journey I'd say, you know, step one is when companies are looking to embrace SASE, we need to not look at it as it's a standalone strategy, but how do you infuse the elements of SASE within your network strategy and how do you infuse it within your security strategy and move forward with that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, two, because there's not a true one platform to rule them all, right? Maybe like a mini platform approach makes the most sense where we can actually look at what is needed, start to evaluate, you know, what these different providers are, are, are saying they can deliver and do evaluations against, you know, what is their short-term SASE strategy and go out and ask your SD-WAN provider or your security provider or your network provider, what is their SASE strategy and figure out and work with them. So as they're continuing to evolve their strategy, you're in lockstep with them, right? Or at least understanding what you can achieve. Um, and I also think there's some short-term opportunities to really start to simplify, again, a lot of these capabilities, right? So as earlier when I talked about, it's more than just zero trust. There's um, in DNS, there's CASB, there is zero trust, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot more we can start to pick off those things where we can connect them together, right? Or, or virtualize mm -hmm. or software define them. So you can start to 
you know, slowly progress, slowly evolve and, and layer in these different use cases and capabilities. Maybe it is that remote access one I said earlier. Um, and then just go down, you know, go on that journey because yes, the blueprint is still being defined, but that shouldn't stop people for waiting for it to be perfect, you know, to be able to take benefit of a lot of these concepts and, and constructs. Yeah, that gradual progression makes a lot of sense and reminds me of a, a recent conversation I had. I think it was with Rick Turner with Amdia about how, you know, enterprises aren't going completely to the cloud overnight. It's a uh, process and you have to account for how to handle um, their access to on-premise applications as well as their cloud business applications. Um, so it definitely sounds like you're seeing it as, <laughs> to be cliche, the journey, not the destination. <laughs> so. Exactly right, exactly right. Excellent. Well, Rob, thanks so much for uh, uh, taking the time today. We're, we're, we're about out of time, but we do have a better understanding of how uh, Orange Business Services is addressing SASE, embracing it, and actually helping its customers get from, uh, from point A to point B. We really uh, appreciate you being on the podcast. Awesome. It's been a pleasure to talk with you both today, Bill and Kelsey, so really appreciate the time as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. CSG has simplified the complexity of business by delivering innovative customer engagement solutions that help companies acquire, monetize, engage, and retain customers. CSG manages billions of critical customer interactions every year, and you can find out more by visiting csgi.com.